السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه الله سبحانه وتعالى bless us to be from the most successful of the believers in these last 10 days of this blessed month of Ramadan gives tawfiq in all of our different affairs we have now reached the 8th inner act of Quranic recitation mentions in his book Kitab Adab Tilawatul Quran on the etiquettes of the recitation of the Quran. And in this particular inner act, he's going to speak about how it is that we should be responding internally, responding internally to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And so he said he titles it Atthur. And I think that could be translated something like being affected at athur i.e. we are affected by what it is that we're reciting this will become clear as we read through this and so he says wahua an yata'athara qalbuhu bi athadin mukhtalifatan bi hasab ikhtilaf al ayat the reality of this ta'athur being impacted by the quran is that our heart is impacted. There's literally traces, effects that takes the way of feelings, that takes the way of emotion, that takes that gives fruit to stations internally that differ according to the recitation of the different verses. So this reciter who has this etiquette and puts into practice this internal act will have a particular state that goes along with every understanding he has from the verse that he's reciting. A hal in waj Excuse me. Excuse me. So he will have Based upon what he understands from the verse that he's reciting, there will be a corresponding state in wajd experience that his heart is characterized with. And then he gives examples. Minid huzni, whether it's grief, wal khawfi, wal raja, fear, hope, wa These are realities internally. And calling them emotions in our vocabulary, Allah Ta'ala knows best. We'll just refer to them as realities And we can roughly refer to them as Feelings or either emotions But they're realities within us Of huzn, khawf, raja Sadness, fear, hope وغيري, And other realities as well So to the extent that his gnosis His knowledge of Allah becomes complete And his interaction with the Quran Ascends to the higher degrees You'll find that he's in the state of khasha predominantly. This will be the state that predominantly takes over the heart. And khasha could simply be translated as fear, but it also includes awe. So it's like a, a reverential awe that we have. So it's fear along with awe. And because we see that when we recite Allah Ta'ala's book, 
what predominates is constraint, tadiq. So he's going to give mention examples here. فَلَا يَرَى ذِكْرِ الْمَغْفِرَةِ وَرَحْمِ إِلَّا مَقْرُونَ بِشُرُوتِ يَقْصُرُ الْعَرَفَ عَنِّيلِهَا So he says you'll see the mentioning of forgiveness and mercy and only paired with conditions that the person who knows Allah is unable to really fulfill. And perhaps the wisdom in that is so that we don't rely upon ourselves or what it is that we do. And if we do our best to fulfill that condition, the result will come as a by means of his mercy. The result will come because of his compassion and because of his gentleness, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala says, Indeed, that I am ever forgiving for the one who repents, believes, and does righteous deeds, and then is guided. So, four conditions to receive the for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be a ghaffar, to forgive you, is that you have to repent, <coughs> believe, do righteous deeds, and be guided. By time indeed that man is in loss, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ And then Allah is going to make an exception. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصُبَ الْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصُبَ Sabr, four conditions. Except those who believe, those who do righteous deeds. Enjoin one another to truth and enjoin one another to patience. Four conditions. And again, this Imam say doesn't mean by this that there's not something that we can do. So this is not to make us despair. Don't misunderstand what he's saying. He's only speaking here to the point that given certain uh, that given that in order to attain certain things that you have to do certain things, they're conditional. And worrying that we don't fulfill them. What should happen at the heart level? We should have khasha. We should be in a state of fear. Not in a paralyzing state of fear that doesn't cause us to do what it is that we can do. No. Because that actually could be fear from the nafs. You could actually have fear and it's not real fear. Fear of the nafs is distinguished from true fear. Fear that's associated with the heart. When you speak of fear as a station. One of the maqamat al-yaqeen, the stations of certainty. And that fear of the nafs is debilitating it's demotivating it will cause you not to want to do your part whereas true fear will actually motivate you to do what it is that you can do so we should not get the two confused he's trying to make a specific point here so that all human beings are in loss except those that are in though with those are fulfilling those four conditions that are mentioned here and then when Allah Ta'ala mentions it briefly, He says, for instance, Indeed, the mercy of Allah is close to the people of Ihsan. And he says, so Ihsan al kul. It's this comprehensive term that gathers all of these different meanings. And so when we read the Quran from beginning to end, this is what we find. And we worry that we're not going to fulfill those conditions. We worry that we haven't done our part. And this is why even if someone reaches the highest degree of closeness to Allah, they are going to actually have more fear, not less fear. And no one had more fear of Allah than our Prophet ﷺ. And we have to balance that fear with hope. We have fear of Allah and we have hope in Allah.
subhanahu wa ta'ala. Both are important for the believers. And the more that we come to know Allah, you know, the more we come to know about His attributes and His majesty, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more that we will necessarily fear Him and be in awe of Him, Him be bewildered. وَمَنْ فَهِمَ ذَلِكَ Whoever understands this, فَجَدِيرٌ بِأَنْ يُكُونَ حَالُهُ الْخَشَّ وَالْحُزَنُ it is worthy for his internal state to be one of fear and sadness. فَلِذَلِكَ قَالَ الْحَسَنُ وَاللَّهِ مَا أَصْبَحَ الْيَوْمْ عَبْدٌ يَطْلُوا هَذَا الْقُرَانِ يُؤْمِرُ بِهِ إِلَّا كَثَرُ حُزْنُ وَقَلَّ فَرَحُهُ He says, by Allah, no servant of Allah will enter into the morning and recite this book, believing in it, except that internally his sadness will be prolonged and his happiness will be little internally. Farah, his joy will be little. And this doesn't mean that we don't have joy. Let's understand what he's saying. He's talking about understanding the severity of the matter at hand. And he'll explain. It will, it will understand further with the remaining part of the quote. وَكَثَرَ بُكَاءَهُ وَقَلَ دَحْكُهُ His, uh, that weeping will become abundant and his laughing will become little. وَكَثَرَ نَصْبَهُ وَشُغُلُهُ وَقَدَّ رَاحَتُهُ وَبَطَالَتُهُ He will tire himself out and preoccupy himself with good. He'll do this a lot. And he won't take a lot of breaks. قَلَّتْ رَاحَتُهُ He won't take a lot of breaks. He won't, he won't uh, make sure that he's uh, that what, in, in never being a state of idleness. So, قَلَّتْ رَاحَتُهُ وَبَطَالَتُهُ Batala is like idleness. He doesn't remain idle. And raha is just doing what makes you feel comfortable and relaxed. This person is serious and preoccupied with good. And it doesn't mean that they don't take time off. He's just saying, this quote is pointing to the state of this great imam, Imam Hassan al-Basri, and those like him, that when they think about the severity of the matter at hand, and that we're all returning to Allah Ta'ala, and we don't know what our state's going to be when we return to him. This is going to predominate the heart. And knowing that we don't know what's going to happen will put us into this state of worry. But that's one of the healthiest states of all because it motivates us along the spiritual path. And it positions the heart to be in a humble state where it can receive gifts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, he's already treated the balance between fear and hope. And then how that ultimately relates to love is that then the source of our fear, the source of our hope becomes love. And nothing motivates more though than the love of Allah and the love of His Messenger sallallahu He said that we looked at the a hadith, and we looked at the mawa'id, the different forms of admonition, and we haven't found anything that will make the heart more brittle, softer. We haven't found anything that would soften the heart, nor bring it into a state of sadness internally, like the Qur'an, and striving to understand its meanings and reflecting deeply upon it. So what does it mean? فَتَأَثَّرُ الْعَبْدِ بِالْتِلَاوَةِ أَنْ يَسِيرُ بِسِيفَةِ الْآيَةِ الْمَتْلُوَةِ 
So when we're being impacted by what it is that we're reciting, how is this done? It means that our heart corresponds to the verse that is being recited. So he's going to give an example. When there's a wa'id, when there's some type of warning. And so as we just heard, that in order to receive Allah's forgiveness, that there's conditions. We literally shrink up. We shrink up outwardly and inwardly out of fear of him subhanahu wa ta'ala. As if we're about to die. So when we hear that wa'id when we're reading, that is the impact that it should have upon us. Tada'al is to like shrink up. And outwardly, you know, what's more important is inwardly, but outwardly even, we might, there might be signs of impact. But most importantly, inwardly. Internally, we shrink up before Allah Ta'ala. To the extent as if we're going to, that we're about to die out of that fear, out of that state when we're in, <clears throat> when we hear those conditions that we might not fulfill. And when Allah Ta'ala expands things, and when He promises forgiveness, we joy, we, we rejoice, and we show great joy, as if we're about to fly out of happiness. And when Allah's name is mentioned, and when His attributes are mentioned, and when His names are mentioned, we humble ourselves to His majesty, and we bring to heart His greatness. So when we hear the name of Allah, what is it, how does it impact us internally? Each verse will should impact us internally in a different way. The verses that are bring about warnings, deep seated fear to the point we're about to die. Glad tidings, verses that relate to the servant receiving Allah's mercy, we almost fly out of joy. Verses that mention Allah, His attributes, His names, khudur, humble, humility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to His majesty. And when we mention the disbelievers and some of the things that they said that are impossible for Allah, so that Allah Ta'ala has a son, for instance, right? Uh, whatever it might be, we lower our voices. And then that we are broken internally. Hayatan, being shy that this was even said because of the ugliness of what was said. So we feel shy internally that that was even said. And we hate it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. When paradise is described, is that we should long for it. Internally, we're motivated to long for it. It arouses within us. A deep-seated longing towards it. And with the description of the fire, 
is that one again is filled with fear as a result of it. And when the Prophet said to Ibn Mas'ud, recite the Quran to me. So I started to recite this chapter on women, Surah An-Nisa. When I reached the words of Allah Ta'ala, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا مَنْ كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ بِشَهِيدٍ how will it be then when we bring a witness from every prophetic community? And we bring you forward as a witness over all of them. He says, this is Abdullah Mas'ud, I saw the two eyes of the Prophet shedding tears. And the Prophet said to me, that's enough for now. This is because is that what the mushahada, the witnessing of this state, completely enveloped the heart of the Prophet and he was immersed in it. And there are stories. Of people who had so much fear that they passed out when they would hear verses that pertain to warnings. And among them are those who died from hearing certain verses. And the Muhakkak mentions a book by Imam Thalabi that he titled Qatla al Quran. Qatla al Quran. And those that have died from Quranic recitation, Qatla al Quran, they've died from Quranic recitation. And um, Imam Zabidi mentions uh, the following story So his name was Zurar ibn Awfa. He was the judge of Basra. And Wakanya Umfi Bini Kushair, he used to lead the prayer in this mosque called the Bini Kushair Mosque. He recited one day in the Fajr prayer. When the horn will be blown. That will be a difficult day on that day. He literally fell down and died. The one who narrates the story said, I was from among those who carried him to his house. And so there's a whole book about the stories that we have from the people who came before us that were so impacted by the Quran that it actually took their life. And again, even though we may be distant from that story, we... Learn stories like that so that you and I can look at our own selves. And if we see that we're reciting Allah's book but we're not impacted, that's a problem. And we need to start to work on ourselves. So the purpose is to work on ourselves so that we're internally in a good state with Allah doing what He wants us to do when we recite His book. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the goal, to have this adab internally, this internal etiquette, and to be this way. Now... 
فمثل هذه الأحوال يخرج أن يكون حاكيا في كلامه فإذا قال So inshallah he's going to then mention uh, other examples of how it is that we should be in relation to certain verses We will save that بإذنه تعالى until tomorrow Barakallahu feekum May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen our relationship with this book and bless us to be impacted by it in the very best of ways in the way that is most pleasing to him subhanahu wa ta'ala May Allah Ta'ala adorn us with all good traits of character and bless us to be adorned with all virtues fi khayrun wa fi afiyah wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa alayhi wa sallam wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen